0: Hey, hey, welcome back to the Catholic Dating Podcast. This is the place for single Catholics to commiserate and grow and build community and just feel like they're not alone. You are alone, but you're alone with other people who are also alone. And that's a comforting thought. I joke. But anyways... Make sure you are following along on Instagram at the Catholic Bachelor. Not only do I post exclusive content there, but I'm frequently hosting conversations in my stories. A lot of times I'll find like an interesting reel or something on Instagram or an interesting post and from another account and I'll share it and I'll get people's feedback and be like is this true do you agree with this what do you think and a lot of people will chime in with DMs and it'll just it's just kind of interesting I like I like to sort of survey the people see what the people are thinking I by no means believe that I have the full secrets to everlasting love and happiness <laughs> but maybe someone out there does So, last week we talked about myths of singleness, and I asked on Instagram if there were any other myths that I missed. And I wanna share a couple of these that I got before we jump into today's topic. So, someone said, You just haven't put yourself out there. I love this myth because most of the people I know who are married, which is most of the people I know, didn't really do anything special to find somebody like literally most of the people I know who are married didn't put themselves out there they met their spouse in college or even high school Um, they met their spouse through mutual friends like just in a kind of casual way they weren't necessarily asking for setups Um, I know very few people who actually met their spouse by putting themselves out there which is kind of scary in a way because you're like oh shoot should I just be doing nothing then but this is Just It's demonstrably false simply by the fact that most people meet their spouse without quote-unquote putting themselves out there at all. Um, I'm not saying you shouldn't put yourself out there, but uh, the reason why you're single is, is not simply because you haven't. Another person said, I haven't tried X way of putting myself out there, and my standards are unrealistic. So yeah, I mean, you know, if somebody says, oh, well, maybe you should try online dating, maybe you should try this, maybe you should try that. I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that. That's not so much a myth as it is a suggestion, but the implication can be that, oh, well, you are single because you haven't put yourself out there. Um, Like, I'll I'll take suggestions, but (laughs) um, no suggestion is guaranteed. And then this whole thing about your standards being too high and unrealistic. This is definitely something I want to cover more in depth on a full episode. I think it depends on what your standards are. Like, okay, I don't know if anybody watched the Jewish matchmaker on Netflix. That was so much fun to watch. But there was this one guy on there and he kept rejecting all these girls who were objectively attractive because he really wanted a girl who had blonde hair and blue eyes, but was also Israeli and spoke spoke Hebrew, which is a very rare combination like. Blonde hair, to my understanding, is not the main um, Jewish phenotype. So I think if your standards are something like that, which is so narrow, then your standards are unrealistic. Like, yes, it's not unrealistic to say you want to be attracted to your partner. And and even if your preference involves a certain hair color, but like you should not be excluding people for very minor things like that. Um, But if your standards are you want somebody that you have the same values with, someone that you're compatible with somebody who is mature and emotionally intelligent and has a job and um, you're reasonably attracted to, then I would say your standards are, are pretty, pretty normal. Moving on, um, somebody else, oh, this one hurts. They said, you don't deserve love because of XYZ, your past, you're not holy enough, etc. In Catholic theology, marriage is a sacrament, which means that marriage is a means of grace, And grace is not something that you can earn. Grace is something that is a gift. And when we talk about love, we talk about love being a free gift of oneself. So regardless of your past, let's say you have a sordid past, that's not relevant to the question of deserving love or deserving marriage. On the flip side, marriage, love, it, it's not really a meritocracy. You know, people will kind of speak about the dating pool as very competitive. And there's a level of truth to that, but most people just marry somebody that they have a deep connection with. And it, it's not as though only people who have surpassed a certain calorie Sober of whether it's looks, career, talent, whatever, financial status. Like it's not as o- only people who surpass that have achieved um a level, you know, ha- have received their spouse. And then this idea of not being holy enough again, that is that is such a lie because we're talking about something that's a gift. We're talking about something that is a grace. Sacraments are not something that are that are earned. Like sometimes I would even feel guilty for desiring to get married because so many other things in my life are really wonderful. I do feel very lucky in so many ways. Um, and so I would kind of entertain these thoughts of like, well, you're not being grateful if you if you also want to get married. And, and I just had to remind myself, like I'm desiring something that is a sacrament. I'm desiring something that is an encounter of, of grace. And so that's not too much to ask for. Um, and that's not dependent upon my um, my worth. Okay, and then the last one says, oh, I like this one. You have to find slash love yourself in order to find and love someone else so you're not going to find love until you find yourself until you figure out who you are you're not going to find love until you love yourself okay this has so many interesting premises to it because on the one hand you know we don't want to discourage self-love When I say self-love, I'm not talking about, like, they have an inordinate self-love. I'm talking about somebody who has low self-image, low self-worth, maybe even falls into self-hatred. I do think that if you don't have a healthy self-love and a healthy self-esteem, it might be hard for you to accept love from other people. And you might also find yourself accepting the bare minimum and accepting, quote-unquote, love from people who mistreat you. So... If you find yourself in situations where you are getting into unhealthy relationships where maybe they're codependent, maybe you're always trying to fix the person, maybe they, they are genuinely abusive, that might be something to enter into some reflection about. But but you know, any anything that says you have to earn love is, is not true. And I think something I've had to learn for myself, because I definitely struggle with perfectionism is thinking that i'm not worthy of love if i'm if i'm imperfect in any way and what i've realized is that true humility allows you to accept love even when you don't feel worthy of it or even when you feel like you don't deserve it that we're we're not called to constantly berate ourselves but to accept love even in our state of imperfection and then as far as finding yourself like you know it It is a lifelong journey in some sense of constantly growing your knowledge of God, your knowledge of yourself, your knowledge of people and human nature in general. And, you know, if if you're constantly chasing the wrong thing... Um, if you're constantly chasing short-term gain um, with no long-term potential, but in and of itself, the broader the broader myth is that you have to do X, Y, and Z before God is going to bring a person into your life. But even as you get married, you're probably going to continue to grow and learn things about yourself, and you're probably going to continue on that journey of loving yourself and accepting love even when you don't feel lovable, so it, it's not like there's these thresholds that we have to cross. So thanks to everybody who submitted their feedback. All right, now let's get into some tips and tricks to improve your dating profile. I want to hit you with some really practical tips on this episode. So we're talking all about Dating app tips, specifically dating profile tips. How to have the best, most effective dating app profile. So I'm assuming since you're listening to the Catholic Dating Podcast, you are Catholic and would like to meet other Catholics. Uh, So of course we have to talk about Catholic Match. I think there's like Ave Maria singles out there still maybe or Catholic singles out there. I don't know if people are using that. So I'm not going to touch on that one. I know there's also a newish app called Catholic Chemistry, which I have used very briefly. Uh, I'm not currently using it, so I don't know what kind of updates have been on there, but I feel like that's kind of like a blend between like Catholic Match and then apps like Hinge or Bumble. So we're going to talk about Catholic Match since that's kind of the main go-to for Catholics and then we'll talk about the secular dating apps, Hinge, Bumble. Um, they, they kind of each, each like secular dating app has its own flavor, but they kind of have the same basic structure. So I think any tips I say for those types of profiles, you can, um, like they can be very universally applied. All right. So let's get to it. First of all, whether we are talking about Catholic match or Hinge or Bumble or whatever, the first thing that everybody notices about your profile is your profile picture, So when you get on these apps, you typically have to upload at least one picture. Um, I think Hinge wants you to max out your profile with pictures, but regardless, like, basically what you're doing is if you're on your phone, you're going to your camera roll, and you're selecting a, a couple of pictures to upload. Or if you're on Catholic Match, you can still use the web version. Same thing, like, go to your files, upload a bunch of pictures. And what happens is, like whatever order you upload the pictures in, that's the order they're going to show up in, which sounds obvious. Um, But some people don't really think about this. Like the first picture that you upload is going to become your profile picture unless you manually switch it to a different photo, which you can do. So don't like freak out if you're like, oh my gosh, I have to make sure I upload the right picture at the right time. Like, no, you you can like maneuver it. But that tells you that, You want to make sure you are putting your best foot forward with your profile picture. Your profile picture should be your best picture in a couple of ways. One, it needs to be a picture that showcases your face primarily. You definitely are going to want a body shot later on in the profile. And don't get like creepy when I say body shot. I just mean like You know, we want to see like a head to toe kind of shot, but your profile picture should not be a body shot. It should be a face shot because people want to see what your face looks like. And if they want to see what your face looks like, that also means that your profile picture should not have you wearing sunglasses. I know that sunglasses are cool. I know that people look good in their sunglasses. You might have a great picture of yourself with sunglasses, but your profile picture should not be in sunglasses. I don't think it should also be in a hat or any kind of headwear. I mean, yeah, if you're a girl and you're wearing like a cute headband or something, I think that's fine. But you want it to be just like a very basic picture of your face. I think it's nice when there's especially, I mean, I know for girls, but I think still for guys, like having a smile or, or kind of a happy positive facial expression also really helps. I know a lot of the guys they kind of do the mean mug thing when they when they when they pose for a picture when they take a picture themselves but honestly a smile seriously goes a long way And, and the same thing for girls too like you can do sort of like a cute like sexy pose but a smile It means so much to people because it makes you look warm and inviting and friendly and non-threatening, and it makes you look attractive. I mean, I know smiles kind of distort our facial features a little bit, and so a lot of us can be sort of self-conscious about our smile, but honestly, like a, a generally smiling face picture as your profile is the way to go. As far as your other pictures go... You want a little bit of a variety. Like I said, you need to have some sort of full body shot. And again, I know that people are self-conscious sometimes about their bodies, but you just want to, I mean, the goal of a dating app is to meet somebody and then meet in person. So they're going to see like your whole body anyways. You're not just going to like FaceTime for the rest of your life. So whatever you look like, your height, your weight, um, your proportions, like they're going to be, you know, it's not a secret that you're trying to hide. You don't want to catfish somebody. You just kind of want to show up as yourself. And I think it's good to minimize the amount of selfies that you have. The worst is, like, the selfie where where you're, like, in the mirror and you can see the cell phone in the picture. Like, sometimes we don't do this as much now that we have, like, reversible cameras on, like, smartphones and stuff. But, like, sometimes you'll still see, especially girls, will, like, go into the full-length mirror and they'll hold their phone up and they'll take, like, a a full body shot that way. Not the best way to do it. You're going to want to either get creative with you know, the the timer on your camera. So, you know, if you have a smartphone, which most people do, you go to your camera and you can set like a three second or a 10 second timer and then you can place your phone in a like strategic location so that you can get far enough away from the phone and like have it take a picture of you without you holding the picture and you can get a full body shot that way. So you want to have at least one full body shot. I think it's really nice to have photos of you doing something so it doesn't have to be a posed picture. A lot of people just naturally get their photo taken at like a wedding or something like that. And so it might be a group photo you with like a couple other people. It's fine to have that as one of your body shots. But ideally, you want to have at least one where it's just kind of a full body of you. That does bring me, though, to group photos. Nobody wants to play Where's Waldo. I mean, it's a fun game, but not when you're trying to find a match. And I have gone on, like, seen guys on dating apps where all their photos are group photos, and I don't know which one they are. And here's the other thing you want to be a little bit careful about, and I'm sorry to say this because it might make people feel insecure, but like, if your friends are a little bit better looking than you, you don't want them on your dating profile. You don't want somebody, like, looking at your photos and being like, oh, well, he's cute. Oh, but it's him. and eh, never mind. Like, and, and this isn't to, like, something to agonize over, like, try to analyze all your friends. Like, well, you know, is one of my friends, like, an eight and I'm, like, a six? You know, don't, like, freak out about it too much, but I think minimize the group photos, maybe one group photo because A, it's hard to know which one you are and B, like you just don't want the comparison game. Also C, and this is kind of funny. I remember once like seeing a guy's dating profile and there was a picture of him like dancing with another girl. And it was clearly like, you know, he went to like a swing dance or, you know, one of these kind of social dancing events. I don't think it was like a girlfriend or anything like a former girlfriend, but I knew the girl in the picture that he was dancing with. And I was like, that's so weird. Because A, I, like, know something about his social circle, which is kind of nice for, like, stalking purposes. But B, I was like, I wonder if she knows that her picture's out here on a dating profile of, like, some dude that she, I mean, they might be close friends or they might have just happened to dance together to dance and somebody snapped a photo. I don't know. So be, be cognizant about that with, with the, the group photos. Obviously, and I, I, this seems like it should go without saying, but... There are some, you know, s- strange people out there. But, like, obviously, no photos with an ex, okay? Uh, I don't care how good like, you look. No photos with an ex. And and you see this, too, where – and I don't – I don't. it's hard to know if girls do this because, obviously, I don't look at them on, on dating apps. But, like, people will have a photo with, with a woman. A guy will have a photo with a woman, but then he'll black out her face. Like, maybe he'll color it out or he'll put an emoji over the face. And you're like – okay, maybe he's protecting her privacy. You know, maybe it's like his sister or maybe it's a former girlfriend. And you don't want to have that question in your mind of like, who is this person? It just makes you look a little bit suspicious. Some other really funny things I've seen and and you'd be surprised how often I've seen this is just like the guy who will take the, the, the bathroom selfie and not notice that the toilet or the urinal is literally in the background of the photo. And whenever I see that on an app, I, because I'm such a courteous person, I will message the guy and say, hey, just want to let you know there's a toilet in the background of your photo. They never respond. They never, ever, ever are like, oh, my gosh, thank you. Like, oh, I'm so embarrassed. Or like make a joke out of it or even turn it into like a flirt. They just never respond. But I'm trying to help people, OK? I want us to all find love. And you're not going to find love if you put try to put your best foot forward and there's a toilet in the background. It's just weird. Um... Which kind of brings up, like, you know, be a little bit cognizant about your photos. Like, look around. What is in the background? What else is being showcased here? You know, obviously, we naturally focus in on the face. But there could be something weird in the background. So do your due diligence. Here's another tip. And this can go for guys or girls, but I see this more with guys. If you are taking a selfie, and it's more advisable to not have selfies, but if you're taking a selfie look up all right your phone should not be like kind of in your lap and you're just opening up the camera app and looking down and snapping a photo that is one of the worst angles nobody looks good from that angle you want to have the phone or the camera basically at eye level it could even be a little bit above eye level and you're kind of looking up to it that's in that's an okay you know that's a very flattering angle but when you're looking down at it, your your face is very distorted. Um, it looks like you could have a double chin just because you're looking down. You know, it just it's not a good look. Trust me. It's more and more common these days to have some professional photos for your dating app. I would highly recommend that. Um, a crisp, clean photo looks so good. And I know that's, again, more natural for women like You know, we're just more, I think we're a little more comfortable in front of the camera. We also just tend to take more pictures, like when we're out with friends, like getting together with the girls, taking some pictures. Um, I know it's a little more unnatural for a guy. And so what I would say is make it into almost a professional photo shoot, like put on a suit or put on work clothes, something like a little bit more formal. And have somebody, you know, either a friend on portrait mode or somebody, you know, who's like an amateur photographer. You don't have to go hire some like big, expensive professional, but have them take a headshot and maybe one or two body shots of you in your suit, in your professional attire. And honestly, you can then use some of those photos, you know, like a headshot for your LinkedIn or for your resume and then also use it for your dating profile. It just it looks so good you know, girls, women, we have a very holistic view, like, when it comes to attraction. And so even if you don't have, like, the most handsome face, seeing a guy in a suit, seeing a guy in a shirt and tie, it just, it makes him look more attractive. It makes him look like he cares about his appearance. It makes him look like he's professional. It makes him look like he's successful. I mean, if it's totally out of your personality, if it's totally out of your character, if you're, like, I don't know, like a welder or a farmer and the fanciest thing you would ever wear is like a plaid shirt and a bolo tie, then yeah, like don't do a photo shoot in uh, a suit or something like that. Be true to yourself. But most people on some occasions would dress up in that manner. And so it's totally okay to put your best foot forward. I've also seen guys where like all their pictures are selfies and they clearly just took them all on like the same day in the same outfit. <laughs> um, and it just, it's it's giving doesn't try. Uh, It's giving lazy. So I I know that there's kind of this perception that like you want to be look effortless. You want to look relaxed. You want to look like you don't care, but actually it's so much more attractive to look like you care. Think about applying for a job. You want a very professional resume. You want to put your best foot forward. You don't want to be like Lackadais- lackadaisical lackadaisical I always get that word wrong but you don't want to be kind of lax about like uh you know sure I'll take the job but you know it's more so if they want me and you know you're no you're going to put your best foot forward with your resume and honestly a dating app profile is like a dating resume <laughs> okay a couple of do- other do's and don'ts with the photos for the guys the, the gym selfies, especially the shirtless gym selfies, they're not attractive. Even if you have a six pack and like great muscles, it makes you look vain um, and it doesn't make you look like you are husband material. It makes you look like you're more hookup material. Uh, and if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably looking for husband or wife material. And the same thing goes for girls. Girls. And I know this gets people sort of sensitive, but like bikini photos, bathing suit photos, anything where you're wearing, you know, any photo where you're wearing something like that's pretty skimpy, even if it's appropriate to the, um, I don't know, the the circumstance, like you were at the beach or you were at the pool. Again, it doesn't give off that vibe that you are someone who's serious about a long term relationship. You're looking for marriage. I know that it's attractive. I know that it will get you more likes. You know, you might be trying to show what the good Lord gave you, but you want to like, you know, so people look at profiles for such a limited amount of time that you want to make sure that they're not getting the wrong perception about you. Um, and, And this is tricky, right? Because... We want people to get to know the real us. And, and in some sense, a dating profile is just kind of a hook to, like, get them interested enough to, like, want to start chatting and then want to go on a date, want to FaceTime, want to want to meet up. But you want to make sure you're attracting the right kind of person, a person who's looking for a serious long-term relationship. So be careful, ladies, about those kinds of photos. I'm not someone who's like, you know, oh, my gosh, like, you can't be wearing a, stra- like a you know, a spaghetti strap dress or something, but just... You know, we're going for wholesome. We're going for family. We're going for wife material. All of that. A couple other things for the ladies, and I've seen this with guys too. But girls just do this in general with like their, you know, social media profile pictures. Stop with the filters, okay? The filters are very obvious. Nobody's skin is that like smooth and perfect. And honestly, the filters make people look kind of blurry. So. Please, 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 please do not use any filters in your photos. And the guys, I hear this from guys like in my DMs all the time. Like they do not like the photo, the, the filtered look. A lot of guys don't even like the super duper glam look. I mean, if you're a glam girly, like show show who you really are. Um, but if that's not your your style, if that's not kind of how you show up in day to day life or or on a special occasion, you don't want to be kind of. I mean catfishing, right? It's kind of like m- like mid-grade catfishing to present yourself in one way and then come up sh- showing another way. Another way that people sort of mid-grade catfish is by using outdated photos. You know, people age at different rates, okay? Um, some people look substantially different uh, five years later. Others do not. So, you might need to get someone to objectively look at your photo and say, hey, do I still look like this? But, like, I've seen guys who they have hair in their app pictures and then they're bald when you meet them. Or I've heard this with guys that girls, maybe it's not that they've aged dramatically, but they've just changed their hairstyle completely. Like, they've dyed their hair, they've cut it, or they've grown it out. You know, you see this sometimes with guys, too. Like, maybe they have long hair and then they decide to cut it short or short hair, they decide to grow it long. Just make sure it's up to date with your current appearance. It's very confusing, especially like if if people have just a whole chaotic assortment of photos where like you look one way in some photos, another way in others. You want to show up as as yourself. There's there's kind of this this thing I've seen online where people call it reverse catfishing, where they almost put less attractive photos in their apps or dating profiles so that when people meet them, they're like pleasantly surprised at how attractive they are. I don't know if that's the best strategy. I just think it's, you know, I mean, I know that I can look like a bum or I can look pretty cute depending on how much effort I've put into my appearance. But you just you don't want to be dishonest. It's not going to go well for you. So I think that's kind of covered it in terms of the photos. And I know I've spent most of the time just talking about the photos. But that's what people look at. You might say it's superficial, but I don't even know if I necessarily think it is. Um, because I think photos do tell you something about someone's personality. For example, and again, see this a lot. Here's another don't. Don't have all your pictures where you have alcohol in them. Don't be holding a drink. Don't be holding a beer. Don't be holding a glass of wine in like the majority of your photos. Some people might say, you know, oh, it looks like I just know how to have fun. Or those are the instances where I typically take, have my photo taken. But it, it makes you look like you care about partying again it doesn't give spousal material it gives hookup material and I don't know it just again it can give the false impression there's obviously nothing wrong with drinking there's nothing wrong with having a drink you know just because you have a beer in your hand doesn't mean you're an alcoholic doesn't mean that you were binge drinking you could have just literally had one beer and that's when somebody took a photo of you but you want to be again cognizant of the message that you're sending out Um, try to look at your your photos with objective eyes. So yeah, like people look at photos first. They can give you a glimpse into someone's personality. And and I think attraction is kind of the Tinder, for lack of a better word, to kind of get the relationship going. Like you have to have that initial interest and the interest could be as moderate as like, oh, they're pretty cute. Like it doesn't have to be anything more than that. But the photos, the photos are what draw people in. And and we're we're souls and bodies. So it's okay that the photos are what draws people in. Text is also can be kind of ambiguous. So put your best foot forward with your photos. Don't be afraid of having professional photos done. Have a variety of photos. Make sure there's one full body shot. Make sure your profile pictures, your full face, no sunglasses, you know, no hat. And then if you can have photos of you doing like things you love, being with people you love, that's great. (laughs) Also... (laughs) I just thought of this because I have seen this too. Make sure they're all photos of you, okay? I mean, maybe you can have one photo of your dog. Like, dogs are very cute. I'm, I'm likely to be drawn in by a cute dog. But I've seen guys, like, use up, you know, because there's a limited amount of photos you can usually have on these, on these apps. And they are like waste photos with like memes or like quotation, like images of quotations. Or (laughs) I once saw a guy who literally wasted one of his photos of like, it was a picture of like chicken in the oven. And I'm like, is he trying to show that he can cook? Like, what is this? It wasn't even a super impressive looking like photo of chicken. It wasn't like this beautifully dressed bird. It was just like some chicken wings. I'm like, what? (laughs) So don't, make sure the photos are all including you, okay? Guys will do this too, where they'll have a picture of their car. Or I once saw a guy who put a picture of like the engine of his car. And it's like, dude, are you trying to attract a woman? Because she probably doesn't care that much. Definitely, you know, again, I mean, I guess I'm stereotyping here, but she probably doesn't care about your engine. Maybe she cares a little bit about your car, Um, But most women, they care more about you. They care more about you than your car. So that's awesome that you're into cars. Take a photo of yourself next to your car. Have you? Plus the car, not just the car. We want to see you. Okay, I think I've ranted enough about the photos. Let's talk a little bit about the prompts. One word answers are no. Zero out of 10, absolutely not. If you are answering any prompt with one word, get out. Delete your app. Go... On a retreat and reflect about who you really are and then come back and fill out a better profile because again you have this one shot to convey kind of who you are what you're interested in um, what your personality is and a one-word answer is not going to do that same thing goes for a generic answer there, there's so many funny memes about this but people just saying things like you know i go crazy for food or what do i order for the table margaritas nachos I love going on vacation. Like, congratulations, you are a member of the human race. You like to eat, drink, and relax. That differentiates you zero. So don't just think about like answering a question with the first thing that comes to mind. You really need to be strategic about your prompts. Now, if you're on Hinge or Bumble or something like that, the prompts are preset in the sense that um, there's a number of questions that you can choose from. And it could be things like my love languages or two truths and a lie or a dream I have or I'm the type of person who. And what I would suggest is think about the information that you want to convey about yourself and then kind of find a prompt that works that in. So most people here probably their Catholic faith is really important to them and they want to convey their values, their faith, their morals. So try to find a prompt where you can work that in. It could be something, you, you could make it a more serious prompt, something like, um, you know, green flags I look for, goes to church on Sunday, reads the Bible, has a prayer life. Or you could kind of have some fun with it too. You know, you can kind of be witty about it. But I would definitely think of like the most important things you want to convey, the most important things that you want a person to be, you know, that you want to say to attract the right person and then try to work those into the prompts. Because, yeah, the fact, your favorite food, your favorite drinks, that's not going to find you an individual who is going to be a unique connection for you. And we're looking for unique connections. I think it's great to have something fun. So, you know, most of the apps you can use three, I think usually three prompts. So make one of them, of that's just witty, funny, quirky. Quirky is actually better because it gives people something to say because again the point of a dating app like some people will send a like but other people will send a comment and a comment's generally going to get more interaction than just a mere like or a mere heart so you know if you say something that's like a little you know a hot take or a niche kind of interest or you know something that gets like piques people's curiosity that's going to draw them in even if it seems a little bit Odd. Okay, so um, I think I had one set on Hinge. I had a prompt where I said, you know, my love languages are fancy cheeses, book rec- recommendations, and words of affirmation. You know, so I kind of had a little fun with it, um, and and I didn't just stick to the literal essence of the prompt, which is like, what's your love language, and you can choose from one of the five love languages. Like, I made it a little bit more creative, like you know, the cheese thing. I don't know. Maybe it's weird, but it's like a, it could be a conversation starter. You know, somebody could just message me and be like feta or Gouda, like or what's the stinkiest cheese you've ever had or what's the weirdest cheese you ever had? Like, it, you know, you're just trying to get the conversation going or like the book recommendation. Somebody could say, oh, I'm reading this right now. Have you ever heard of it? Or tell me something good that you've read in the last month. It shows that I like to read. It shows that I'm intelligent and it gives the opportunity for conversation. If I just said my love language is words of affirmation, okay, um, that's not really helpful for starting a conversation. And with that specific prompt, I'll say this, and this especially goes out to the guys, if your love language is physical touch, that is fine. That is a perfectly, that that is a legitimate love language. But do not say that, okay? Because girls are subtle. And we're always trying to read between the lines. And so you as a man, like when you say my love language is physical touch, you might just be thinking, you know, I love to hold hands. I love to give hugs. I love to cuddle, whatever. But a girl, she's going to read that and think, oh, that's code for sex or that's code for hooking up. And you might not mean that at all. It can be perfectly innocent. But you have to kind of think about how the other person's going to perceive it. So try to be creative try to show off like a unique interest of yours and just work that into a prompt and really be thinking about what's going to start a conversation because that's, that's kind of all you need to, to, to get things going, right? A little bit of attraction and a conversation starter, okay? Yeah. Now, let's talk about Catholic Match because Catholic Match is a very in-depth dating um, app slash website, and I think that's actually a good thing You know, there is something light and fun about these hinge, bumble kind of things where a couple photos, a couple prompts, you know, not a lot of words, not a lot to read through. And you can just kind of say, okay, we're not going to think too deep about it. Let's just start messaging and see and go from there. Uh, But Catholic Match is obviously designed for people who are looking specifically for marriage. And so there's a lot more prompts on there and there's a lot more room for depth. And it can feel very tedious filling out a lengthy dating profile. And it can also be kind of time-consuming. Um, and for those who don't see themselves as, like, skilled writers, that can be especially draining. But what I would say is that a very robust, verbose, specific dating profile, especially on Catholic Match, it I'll give some qualifications in a moment, but, like, again— It just shows your intentionality that you're not just sort of winging it and seeing what happens, but you really are serious about finding the person you want to spend the rest of your life with. And again, it gives more opportunities for intrigue, for connection, for conversation starters. People in Catholic Match tend to really know what they're looking for. And so there's really no point in... Trying to just appeal to the, bro- the the lowest common denominator of people or the broadest segment of the population. You want to be specific um, and really true to who you are and really share those things that kind of make you stand out. So I, I once came across a guy's dating profile. It was a great profile. Um, I actually knew him. I knew who he was before like we connected, um, but he almost like narrated his whole day on his profile. But he did it in a way that like was always showcasing things about him. So he's like, this is what I typically eat for breakfast. This is what I'm reading while I eat for breakfast. This is what I'm doing for exercise. Like this is what I'm doing for work. This is what I'm doing for leisure time after work. And just like the way he kind of crafted it, I got like a good portrait of who he was and just some of the things that made him tick, some of the things that made him unique. Uh, And and it just made him stand out. And so it wasn't like a romantic connection at the end. But I was like, this guy has a great profile. He's put a lot of thought into it he's going to attract the right woman. It wasn't me, but it wasn't through any fault of his own whatsoever. You know, there's an opportunity to really share about your faith and and to really share about your spiritual life, which is as deep as it gets. But there might be a particular, you know, spiritual book that you've read that really transform your life. And you can, you know, instead of just saying like, oh, I love, um, you know, I, I, I pray every day and I really like, um the lives of the saints like you could pick a specific saint be like you know the life of pier Giorgio facati or the life of you know saints lewis and Zelie martin or the life you know story of the soul or just like if there's a specific saint or specific book that really really speaks to you either you you talk about that and you're going to attract somebody who has that same devotion or who read that same book and loved it or somebody's going to be curious about that and say oh and it's a, it's a conversation starter, right? Yeah. So really block out, like a, especially on Catholic Magic, block out a full hour to go through your dating profile, fill out all the prompts, um, really think about it, and really try to showcase things that make you unique and that really serve as conversation starters. Because people are just looking for ways to break the ice. I kind of naively thought in the beginning that like, I could just be kind of generic and then just like have some cute photos and people be like, oh, OK, so she seems cute. She seems normal. Like I'll message her. But there's so many other people on the apps and you need to stand out. I've, I've had guys re- like talk to me, you know, send me messages and kind of complain that they feel like all the girls on Catholic Match are the same. That they're trying to fit this generic mold of like the perfect holy Catholic girl that they think that guys want, and so he's sort of like, okay, pretty girl A, pretty girl B, loves Jesus A, loves Jesus B, like likes Father Mike Schmitz A, likes Father Mike, Schmitz B. like it's it, it doesn't really set you apart, and 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 that doesn't help to generate interest. Interest is often very specific. Um, and, and a real relationship is going to be based on, like, those those specifics. So, again, don't try to reach the broadest possible audience. Um, show some personality. Show your sense of humor. Um, show your sensitive side or your philosophical side. Don't be afraid to put kind of a spicy take on there just to, like, have, uh, you know, again, generate conversation. Find a like-minded person. And, and I think, you know, those things will set you up for success. Obviously... There's always an element of chance with this, okay? Like you're, (laughs) you could have an amazing dating profile, great pictures, clear photos, you look good in them, show your face, you know, witty prompts, you know, in thoughtful responses. That doesn't mean that you're gonna find your spouse like within a week. You could still, and, and I know this is so depressing to say, but I say it from personal experience, you could be on there for years, okay? Literal years, Uh, hopefully if you're on there for years, you're like taking breaks or like you have some relationships and they kind of fizzle and they get back on, but either way, it's not a guarantee, but it's going to help. And that's all I have to say about that. All right, before we say goodbye, I want to jump into the mailbag. I got a really great question submitted via the hotline. Remember that you can call or text the hotline. In this case, this message came in as a text. It's a little bit lengthy, but it contains some helpful context, so I'm going to go ahead and read it. Hello, I am a single 25-year-old male who reverted to the Catholic faith about six months ago. I am a melancholic introvert who went on two dates recently with a secular Jew that I knew from high school. This was the first date that I had been on since graduating high school. Despite these two dates going very well, she decided not to continue the relationship since she could tell I was a devout Catholic. I discussed this with my parish priest who recommended that going forward, I should limit my, my dating to Catholics exclusively. However, as a member of Gen Z, whose best known traits include anxiety, introversion, and nihilism— Finding a devout Catholic in my age bracket seems exceedingly difficult in the secular area that I inhabit. My recent forays into Catholic match and Catholic chemistry have thus far proven completely fruitless as well. It feels that limiting myself to devout Catholics in the area in which I live seems like a florid way of saying that my standards are unrealistically specific. This is exacerbated by the fact that I am a traditional Byzantine Catholic who goes to a very small Byzantine parish which puts me more in common liturgically with the Orthodox. Furthermore, there appears to be no other means for meeting single Catholics in my area other than using dating apps, and local youth groups tend to meet only on weekdays on which I am working. Any advice would be helpful as I feel totally stuck. Thank you. All right. So there's a lot of elements packed into this question. On some level, we could reduce it to the question of should I as a Catholic exclusively limit myself to dating only Catholics or is it okay to date outside of my faith? So let's tackle that question first and then we'll jump into some of the other context. I don't think that it is unheard of for God to lead a Catholic to marry outside of the Catholic faith. I know multiple people who entered into mixed marriages and the non-Catholic person later ended up going through RCIA and converting. I also know people who have married non-Catholics, but the non-Catholic spouse is really encouraging and supportive of their partner's Catholic faith. It even goes so far as to attend church every Sunday with their spouse and bring the kids along to church, get the kids baptized, all those things. So as a as a general rule, as in like, is it is it wrong to open myself to dating outside the Catholic faith? I would say not in principle, but I would also say that desiring somebody who shares your faith is not an example saying that your standards are unrealistically specific. Being a practicing Catholic who wants to marry another practicing Catholic, that is not an unrealistic or Overly specific standard by any means. I would say there are challenges, obviously, to dating outside of your faith. And for this listener specifically who said that they are only six months into a reversion, I would give more caution to you as an individual because you're so new in getting back into your faith. If there's a chance that your girlfriend could pull you away from your faith, then that would be a very strong reason to limit yourself to dating only Catholics at this time but if your danger if your faith is solid there's no danger of it weakening by dating a non-Catholic and then you meet somebody who has a lot of like basically all things are great minus the fact of their religious denomination and they're obviously open to dating you as well I, I don't think that's like like a no zone now one of the stipulations for a Catholic to marry a non-Catholic is that the non-Catholic has to um, support raising the children in the faith so that's something that You need to make sure you're bringing into conversation should you date um, a non-Catholic. And that's gonna just vary person to person. You know, if the person is not super religious, they're probably more likely to be okay with it. But if they're very strongly of another denomination or of another religion altogether, that's probably where there's gonna be more tension. But I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say it's a, it's a no, no if, fans or buts, don't date a non-Catholic. But again, assess whether you are strong enough in your faith that dating outside your faith is not going to weaken the practice of your faith weaken your commitment to your prayer life, to practicing chastity, and all those types of things. Um, Now, just to address a couple other specific things that came up for this person, um, you know, they said that they're... Their most, their best known traits are anxiety, introversion, and nihilism. And that their forays into Catholic matching chemistry have thus far proven completely fruitless. And then they have the kind of other thing of, of being from a kind of liturgical minority. So I'll I'll address them in, in reverse order. The liturgical minority, being a Byzantine Catholic, that that's awesome. And, and a lot of people, I think nowadays, especially um in the Gen Z, are like, you know, there's a huge population of Gen Z people who love the Latin Mass, and there's a lot of overlap with appreciating Eastern liturgies. So I I don't think being a Byzantine Catholic is like a check against you in the eyes of, of most other Catholics your age. Um, you know I, I just hope that you're also open to dating a non Byzantine Catholic because th- in that case you are really very limited um, just just, just population wise like that's just a very small group of people as far as your forays into Catholic match Catholic chemistry being unfruitful you know fr- from the fact that it sounds like you're you've only reverted six months ago I would imagine that you haven't been on those sites for very long and I would just encourage you to have patience which I know is not always like the most enjoyable I- advice but not finding success right off the bat is not necessarily an indication that you want to have success in the future if you follow Catholic Match on Instagram they're always posting stories of people who met on their site and sometimes you do find stories of people who met their person within the first couple weeks and and I always read that I'm like is there some kind of special discount code I can like pay extra for so that I can fall into that category um, whereas myself I've been on and off Catholic match for at least three years, probably getting closer to four years. Um, and, and I have had dates on there, but obviously I haven't found my person. Um, I do think I think there's probably more people on there in the older age groups because as you get more as 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 the pool of people in your area like thins out, you kind of turn to online. So I don't know. I don't, I've never, I wasn't on those sites when I was 25. So I don't, I I don't know if this be sh- for sure, but I would think that there might just be less people in general who are in your age group. I don't know what your age preferences are, but I would also encourage expanding them if they're very limited. Um, something I'm learning a lot is that age is not as relevant of, of a factor as I thought it was because I will date guys five, six, seven years older than me Who do not have it together. (laughs) Meanwhile, I'll see people, you know, guys getting married who are 22, 23, and they're like rocking it, like they are solid, stable people. And so, you know, age is something that I think should be—it can be a preference, but you don't want to make it like a hard and fast deal breaker. Unless you're, you're, I mean, you know, going to crazy territory. Like you don't want to be dating like a 40-year-old. That's kind of weird, but. Um, I maybe, maybe tweak your, your age bracket even by one or two years, plus or minus one or two years. And then the last thing is just kind of the way you've described yourself, melancholic introvert, anxious, um, introverted, nihilistic. I empathize with that. Um, I've certainly had my own experiences with all of those things. One thing I, I will say is that those are not permanent characteristics like i mean i think introversion and, and, and melancholy in terms of like being your part of your temperament like those are more stable characteristics and certainly like anxiety you know bouts of depression or nihilism are, are things that you experience but i would not I, I would be careful to call those intrinsic attributes of yourself as though they'll never change as though you can never grow um you know you're you're only 25 which is the oldest you've ever been so obviously you know that that's where your horizon stops but don't fall into the trap of saying well this is who I am this is all I'm ever going to be I would encourage you to find little ways to kind of challenge yourself to not feel hindered by your introversion for example so that could be simple things like forcing yourself to make small talk with the person checking you out at the grocery store it could be as simple as saying hey how's your day going um, you know forcing yourself to make a phone call instead of sending a text message just like little things that will kind of help you feel more comfortable putting yourself out there not that like your your preference for in, you know introversion is necessarily going to change but sometimes that can almost be symptomatic of some social anxiety that is something that you can, you can work through you know and, and the nihilism I kind of wonder if there might be some depression in there and i'm not in the position to tell you if that's the case or to tell you how you can like fix that um but the christian disposition is one of hope and so thoughts of nihilism are not like nihilism is not the mindset that god wants you to have and i'm not blaming you for that saying it's your fault saying it's a sin but i wouldn't accept that as the default uh mentality so whether through prayer whether through therapy self-help literature even things like exercise which can really like affect your kind of brain chemistry like you know i i, I would just encourage you to not succumb yourself to a life of anxiety and nihilism and you know melancholia but to feel like you have authority over your life and not to almost become a victim of your temperament, if that makes sense. Um, so you know, prayers for you, best of luck. Thank you so much for submitting your question, and keep us posted. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Catholic Dating Podcast. Again, make sure you are following me at the Catholic Bachelorette on Instagram. You can submit questions and comments via DM. I put a question box up every Tuesday. Or you can call or text the hotline at 571-348-4132. Until next time, bye-bye. That's what we want to do. We want conversation starters. Who is calling right now? People trying to interrupt my freaking podcast. I put my phone on. Do not disturb. And the calls still come through. Okay, I might cut that out.